Hello, good morning, afternoon, or evening, my fans, friends, and fanatics. Um, I'm Christopher Wilmot, your host for our Truth Over Tea webinar series where we tell the truth over spilling the tea. Hopefully you have your tea or your choice of beverage item <laughs> and you're coming on in here with me as I stir mine. Get it together here. We're preparing for our, I believe, fifth episode of our Truth Over Tea webinar series. This is um, obviously the podcast version of it. You can catch the 15 mini episodes on the uh, social media platforms of Truth Over Tea, Instagram page, or even the YouTube page, which I have recently gotten behind of uploading, but I will promise to upload all those um, previously recorded videos on the page of the YouTube page, YouTube channel, which I please subscribe, like, comment, share all that good stuff there. And also, I said buyer <laughs> there. And also like, comment, and share um, on our Facebook, or excuse me, our Instagram page. I guess you can't really too much share as often on the Instagram, but you you know. Um, of course, you can follow our God Accepts You LLC or Gay Apparel page. Um, that's a Facebook page that you can do a lot more liking, commenting and sharing and a little bit more in depth intent or excuse me, more in depth content um, you'll find on, on Facebook. But even the more or the most um, content you'll be able to find on our www.GodAcceptsYou, the number two. Dot com And that is um, just reiterating some of the platforms you can find a lot of what we're going to be discussing, have discussed some of the resources we're coming from those those uh, places of sovereign truth. As we're learning um, some scriptures, you can look up in the Bible, some stuff that I've done research already in my uh, five to six year journey with this. Um, and then um, I placed uh, I've consolidated and placed on that website and that has more in-depth content that um, I think answers a lot of your questions if you just browse through those things, um, kind of give you an idea of uh, what the Truth Over Tea webinar series has come out of and what we're discussing and what we believe. Um, you can find all of that under the umbrella of God Accepts You LLC, which is um, a limited liability corporation. We've been a limited liability corporation for about a year now. Um, so um, we are uh, uh, definitely established or official, but um, it just gives you um, a uh, kind of like a platform and some of the stuff that I'm trying to build the foundation here at the Truth Over Tea podcast and webinar series. It's already been built and established there. So if you ever need some quick reference tools or if you have somebody who can benefit off what we've been talking about or will soon talk about, you can go there. Also, you can email me at God period accepts period you period info at gmail.com. Um, to question for any questions, comments, concerns, topics you want me to discuss, since this is truth over tea um, and targeting the LGBT community. Obviously, um, if you have any topics you would like me to discuss on the the, uh, the or to the community or about the community of the um, LGBT or to. I'm getting tongue twisted. If you have any topics you would like me to discuss regarding the LGBT community, please email me there. Again, that's God period accepts period you period info at gmail.com. So without further ado, I think that's all the uh, uh, things I have in the way of announcements, if I can remember correctly. Um, and again, please like, comment and share um, and come on in. We'll be discussing on this fifth episode of Truth Over Tea. We're going to be discussing defending the truth in love, defending the truth in love. Um, we've been discussing uh, the sovereign truth, which we have uh, established that being Jesus and Jesus being the way, the truth and the life, which is found in John 14, 6, that every individual black, white, gay, straight, young, old should be conducting their lives according to the life Jesus has established and has given and has died for us to have and also wants us to live regarding. So he's the rubric. He's the uh, mandate. He is the standard. He is the foundation for life and health and success. And so since he is being as bold as he was to say, I am the way, not a way, but he is the way, uh, the truth and the life. Um, that's the one place we've been really, you know, parking out in um, when we talk about building a foundation here for the truth over tea, because I want everybody to understand what truth I'm talking about, because I've come to find out so many people have so many different truths and have so many different ways because we live locally here in America. 
Um, you know, we're very free and we believe in freedom and I as well believe in freedom, but freedom without boundaries is chaos. And unfortunately, that's what we have run into locally here in the States because we have a whole bunch of people who do not recognize one sovereign truth. We have all these other ways and truths. And so it has taken us a little bit off what God's intended plan is. And then we run into these issues we're running into now. And so when we talk about the LGBT community and some of those topics we've discussed and will discuss, um, a lot of the reason why we're even discussing them because we can't agree on truth. But like I said before, another common quote I've been saying, and you can copyright me on this or, or, uh, or, or at me or tweet me with this, but, um, is that um, no matter what truth we disagree on, there should be no disagreement on love. Love is our common commodity. And when we talk about defending the truth or speaking up or standing up for the truth, knowing now what it is, um, we, we can't do so out of love. We have to do it in love. And what I keep running into is so many people who do not share the same truth as us um, as Christians or believers in Jesus who have accepted Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. We've now used this as a platform you know, the Bible, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Bible beating, but, you know, we've used the Bible to beat people. We've used church to condemn people. And we've used, we've used uh, scriptures to send people to hell. Like, I, I've never seen so many excited Christians to send people to hell. It's like, <laughs> we're supposed to be keeping people out of there? Like, I don't know if you caught, if you caught the memo, but we're like, shouldn't be excited. You're going to hell. You know, we have people, uh, not so much nowadays, but, you know, who would pick it even at um, different uh, events and, you know, rallies and even re revolving around the LGBT community who claim to be Christians who believe in a God of love, but they're, you know, dis disseminating or, or spewing all this hate. And it's like, it's very confusing. And having had been in the lifestyle at the time that I was in the lifestyle from actively between 18 to about 22, I was actively into the lifestyle. And I remember running across Christians like that. And I'm like, how do you expect us to get saved or really believe Jesus or even really listen to you if you're going about rep representing him or the gospel, which is Jesus in the uh, Bible? You're going about representing him or the gospel in this very con condemning, condescending way, like as if you're perfect. And so it's like, like I said before, um, one of the episodes when it got cut off, uh, I ran into a lot of issues where people would um, try to get me to come out of the lifestyle by defending the truth, but they weren't doing it in love. And they were doing, they would quote scriptures that they weren't even following. It's like, oh my gosh, you're going to quote this scripture out of this, out of this, con uh, out of context and the Bible. But really, if you keep reading, you're in that same scripture too. So why do you get the grace, but I get hell? Why do I get immediately shunned and, 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 and sent to hell because I was practicing homosexuality at that time and you get to go to heaven after being you know, impregnating all these different women after having babies at a wedlock, after smoking and drinking, after, you know, being mean and nasty to your waitress and waiter, never tipping them and, you know, telling them where they can go as well, like hell, you know, like you tell everybody else. But yet somehow you get grace, you get forgiveness, you get that overlooked because to you, that's not a big sin to, to, to you, to God. But really all sin is equal because all sin is, um, is, um, it's, it takes you out of love and it takes you away from God. So, um, it was just interesting when I would talk to individuals. Now I'm talking about my personal experience now. Um, but when I would talk to individuals in the lifestyle, out of the lifestyle in, in Christianity, out of Christianity, a lot of people would love to defend their truth, but not too many people love to walk in love. It's like, how do we do that? And how we reconcile these two things, truth and love? Like, how do I defend the truth or what I believe, Chris, you know, I'm asking you, you know, I'm speaking for you as if you were asking me, but it's like, how do I defend what I believe, but yet still walk in the love regarding people who don't believe that? And so that's where we're going to be coming out of um, considering what we've already discussed. We've discussed so many different things just thus far in just five episodes, but hopefully they've been a blessing and very um, eye-opening to you. And I believe that the truth, the Bible says in John 8, 32, uh, 4 and 6, 32, 34 and 36, it states that you shall know the truth. It talks a lot about more about truth in referencing Jesus being the truth, as we know. It's saying, you know, you shall know the truth. So you should know Jesus and, and he will set you free. He will actually make you free. Um, not because he's controlling you or anything, but because you're finally receiving and accepting him because he accepts you. God accepts you. Grace changes you. He will change whatever he needs to change about you. But we got to let God do that instead of letting or requiring people to and then making people use this Bible to beat people or control people when they have the same free will as us Christians. So we got to make sure we 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 have to begin to discuss how do we reconcile our faith with people who do not share the same faith and how do we walk in love regarding those things and still 
stay on the straight and narrow path um, that God has given us and laid before us through Jesus, which is um, found in the gospel. And I'm going to constantly keep reiterating some of the things you probably have heard that may sound redundant and repetitive. It's like, Chris, we get it. But it's like because so many people don't and so many people have never even heard of what the gospel is or what Jesus is or these topics I'm talking about. I have to keep reiterating them, even though I sound like a broken record, because I got to make sure everybody's on the same page. And this may be your fifth episode, but this may be somebody's first. So if that's you, welcome and come on in. I'm not as crazy as I uh, may sound, but I am as crazy as I look. So. <laughs> with that being said, remember comments, questions, concern can be emailed to me. So please feel free to do so. We're first going to go to um, the very thing that I have built God Accepts You LLC off of, which was Speak the Truth and Love. When I first started the um, ministry or the outreach, I like to call it an outreach, this movement of, of God accepting the LGBT community and grace changing them, um, I immediately or I initially started out by saying God accepts you. I never even said grace changes you because at the time I didn't really get the revelation to add that to the vision um, because I didn't think it was necessary. I feel like, you know, God accepts you is the same thing as saying God loves you. And so I didn't think that would be an issue. But because you're talking about this specific sin, when you tell people that God accepts them, Christians here, well, that means God accepts what you do. Or some homosexual people or lesbian people or transgender people would say, oh, yeah, that means God accepts what I do since God accepts me. And that's not what I'm saying. And that's not what God's saying. And or, nor is that what he means. So I added grace changes you as the full complete vision of what I would already was believing, but I guess I wasn't relaying, but that's where a lot of controversy came up and it, and I have had to learn how to defend the gospel, defend my faith, but without stepping out of love. And this is what God has brought me to, to do so. Um, it was in Ephesians and remember going and going to the Bible first and foremost, before we go to science or anything else, um, which I'm pretty sure science and other avenues have truth also um but we're going to we want to make sure it lines up with the ultimate truth which is jesus and the gospel that ref that reflects him <clears throat> excuse me there so if you go to ephesians 4 i believe it was 4 um let me look at my notes because i don't want to steer you on 4 13 it really talks about the uh, uh truth and love and the importance of it if we go there, and I'm going to turn into my little handy Bible here, so you'll know that I'm not reading from memory, but I'm actually reading from the same scripture you should be reading from. And I like Amplified Classic the best, but um, I first start in King James, and then I'll go to those other translations, just so you, you don't think I'm taking you off course from the original context of the scripture. Because sometimes you get to those other uh, translations, they can throw you off a little bit, if not careful. Excuse me. So I said 413. And I think I said in the Amplified Classic, if I didn't, I'm saying it now. So please keep up. It says here that it might. Oh, who did, what did I say? Actually, let's read this in the King James. We can read this one in the King James. So it says till we all come into the unity of faith. So the objective is to come in unity. We it says and of the knowledge of the son of God. And the perfect man unto the measure of the statue and the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine um, by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby um, they lie in wait to deceive, but speak the truth in love and may, so we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So this is obviously a grace scripture because it's talking about Jesus. It's referencing Jesus and what he's done for us. And so this um, writer is saying, I believe it's Paul saying, I want everybody to come in unity. So the big thing for me is where I wanted to bridge the gap between the church and the LGBT community and, and, and form this unity or help uh, uh, establish or emphasize or um, promote this unity that obviously there has never been. It's always been division between the church and really sinners, but specifically this specific sin that people were participating in. And I wanted to, um, when I've uh, uh, initially launched the God accepts you vision, I wanted to bridge the gap between the church community and the gay community. And so I was like, how can we come into unity? Because the 
church believes one thing, the gay community believes another. And that's we're, we're most likely not going to agree on that. But one thing I realized we could always agree on is love. The gay community professes to be love, you know, love all love, love wins all love, love is over all love over hate. I mean, it's, they have all these love messages in the gay community, but then the church says the same thing. God is love. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son, John three sixteen. God love, 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 love. So we know God to be love. And even when I was in the lifestyle, I knew God to be love. So it's like the thing that we have in common there is love. And we need to, I have to really reiterate that because some people just thick headed and I'll sip some tea on that. I'm just, it, it just really baffles me how you know, we, I guess, get saved or we become Christians, we become and we somehow lose our humanity. Like the part of that makes us human is the love component that makes us human. That's the common commodity, as I said before, that we all share in common. So why are we constantly disagreeing on the thing that we all have in common, which is love? We don't all have truth in common. We may not all have beliefs in common, believe the same thing and believe the same God and all those different things. I get that. That is to be respected because of love. But for you to say you can't walk in love because people disagree with your truth or a truth, that 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 baffles me. That baffles me. So, I think there's some adjustment that needs to be made if we're going to come into unity on anything. And it doesn't necessarily mean unity on truth. It means unity um love. And so this 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 author is saying he's wanting us to come in unity of the faith. And meaning all of us believing the same thing, but there's you're never going to do that without love. So love needs to be the focus. But now I have to balance this because I have seen some people get some Christians even get too radical with love. You say, how can you ever get too radical with love? Well, if you get to the point where you're leaving truth to love somebody, that's not true love. Notice true love requires truth and love. So the balance here is we have to balance truth with love if we're going to come on unity regarding anything. But we definitely need, some people need to re-emphasize or emphasize a little bit more on love. Others need to re-emphasize or emphasize a little bit more on truth just so they can come into balance. Because some people have gone so far to the left with love or so far to the right with truth. So it's like they, meaning some people are more truth about truth than they are about love. And we have some people who are more about love than they are on truth. So there has to be a healthy, equal balance. And I'll say that again. It has to be a healthy, equal balance. I'll say it one more time because I said y'all thick-headed. There has to be a healthy, equal balance. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just poking fun because I'm I'm just as thick-headed because people would tell me truth when I was in the lifestyle. They would tell me, you know, the Bible says this about homosexuality. The Bible says that about homosexuality. But to be honest, I didn't hear it because I was thick-headed, like I was just saying and, and joking with you about being. But also, I, was, I, I didn't want to hear it because it was never said in love. And I'm going to tell you something I had. A conversation with the Lord, because like I said, this is a relationship, not a religion. And the Lord was showing and teaching me this scripture practically. How do I apply this? This is what the whole purpose of having a relationship with the Lord, not just reading a religion that's about God, but actually having a relationship with him. And in this relationship, I'm talking to him. He's talking to me. I'm asking questions and he sometimes will answer me immediately. Sometimes it may take some while. Sometimes he'll, oh, he'll answer it to me by speaking something to my mind. And I, I search it through the scripture to make sure that's scriptural and that lines up with the truth. Like I've been saying, we're supposed to be doing. I want to test that thing. You know, it's not truth if you haven't tested it thoroughly and it can't be applied universally. So I'm testing this and saying, OK, is this really God or is this just me thinking and all of these different things? And we can get on to. That's a whole nother sermon another day, a whole nother subject of study when we deal with, is this God speaking to me or not? Or how do I know if it's God or how does God speak to people? We're not going to get on that right now. But nonetheless, in my relationship and communication with the Lord that has been developed over the six to now go six to eight years. And I say six to eight years because of 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 when it actually began, the dates kind of can uh get confusing. But between the six to eight journey with the Lord, conversating with him about these specific topics, he said, you know, a person's never going to you a person never going to hear truth if you've never extended to them love. And I think this is where we keep running into the issue. We keep wanting to tell people love or excuse me, tell people truth, defend truth, stand up for truth, but there's nobody showing love. And nobody's going to receive a, a, a truth when they've never seen your love or experienced your love. And I think even church people fail at this. They want to be so proactive with the truth but not as proactive on love and it's like we run into issues now because nobody's going to hear your truth if they never experience your love there's another thing he told me and i'm trying to remember it um regarding the subject um if i can remember correctly lord bring that back to me um 
I think I already said it, but there's another way he said it too. But they're not gonna they're not gonna hear your truth until they've seen your love. And I think sometimes we 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 do it backwards. We want to tell them the truth before we show them the love, and it's not gonna work like that. And you know, um, you can't love, um, uh, you can't um, it'll dang I can't think of how how you told me. Maybe I think I have it in my notes. So if you don't mind, I'm gonna look that up really quickly. It was um, you can never tell somebody the truth if you've never shown them love. And it's just another way of saying it. But it, it just hit home a little bit differently when he said it to me like that. So it's like think of everybody you've been trying to tell and be honest with. You can't be honest to 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 a very you cannot be honest, especially to a very deep degree to an individual you've never shown them love. So you have to show people love. Before you tell them truth. And if you haven't told them truth, you can't you can't expect them to uh, hear the truth if you haven't shown them love. So um, just be just make the many different ways I could say that. Just make sure you're you're leading with love, not with truth. Lead with love and then follow up with truth. And that will be the healthy balance to bring people in unity on or at least make people a little bit more open to receive whatever it is that you may have to say. Maybe it's a scripture you have to share with them. Maybe it's something, you know, if, you know, somebody said, does a stress make me look fat? You know, if they're asking you that, they obviously can trust your opinion and they obviously have to establish some rapport with you. So, you know, obviously you don't go to some stranger about the truth. You go to most likely you would, you're gravitating or you're more sensitive to gravitate to somebody who you've already established rapport with somebody you know loves you and you love them so now their their voice weighs higher or heavier in your heart or in your in your life so of course we're going to gravitate and go to people we love more regarding truth versus people we don't and so that's why as church people we have to do that i won't even call us church people as christ followers i like that better um because a lot of church people are not christ followers so as christ followers jesus did not lead with truth he led with love now don't don't get me wrong you'll see and read in the gospels of matthew mark luke and john jesus was really getting it in and calling people out on their stuff and being very very direct and honest but he always led in love and there was no question that he loved these people even though he was being very direct with them so i'm not saying let's get up off of truth in the name of love i'm just saying let's just make sure we're balancing truth with love and so love should be the lead foot if we're going to um if people are going to hear the truth about anything we're saying to them or even maybe that they're saying to us what really trips me out i'm gonna give you a practical example is when we're on facebook or maybe other social media outlets and people have the audacity to leave comments on your page and your things and your stuff just because they have the freedom to they think that they 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 have the right to and there's a difference. Yes, you have the freedom to do that because there's nothing stopping you. But is that really your right to go on somebody else's page, somebody else's comments, somebody else's picture and, and tell them and give them a piece of your mind? Baby, you're going to need every piece of your mind in these last days. So you need to keep your peace. And, and but but I don't understand the audacity of some people like I'll post something or somebody will post something. And I think some things I want to say to that, but I know it's not my place to go tell you about yourself on your page. It's like. Where do we get that from? And then even Christians have even used the Bible to say, well, I'm allowed to do this because the Bible says, you know, if your brother's in the wrong, you're supposed to correct your brother. First of which, aren't we supposed to establish if I'm even your brother? How do you even know if I'm saved? How do you even know if you're saved? Who am I to just get on your page and start correcting you with scripture? Or who am I to get on your page and say, you're wrong for this or wrong for that? Please, please. I think the freedom social media has given us makes us really think people really care what's on our on our mind just because that's what it asks you when you go log in what's on your mind that's mark zuckerberg who made that nobody on there really cares nobody this is how you know they don't care write a long post and see how many people read it ain't nobody finna read that they don't care about what you think and what you feel people have become selfish now christians as christians we're supposed to care but you get what i'm saying majority of the world and society does not care about truth what they really care about is love they don't care about what you have to say they want to see how much of an impact through love is this going to really be to me or or be for me and or be for somebody i may love or i may know so it's like they're not really caring what's on your mind they don't really care what you think and what you feel Unless you're unless you're um, of making some type of impact in the world already, then your voice will be heard a little bit better. But again, at making impact, then you have the influence of truth over that person. But like me, I, 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 most of you don't even know me uh, and I don't know most of you. So I don't expect my my voice to project very loud in your life yet. If you don't know me personally, as you're getting to know me and hopefully I'm doing a good, good job at 
um, dressing this truth that I've been presenting to you in love. Hopefully you're, you're experiencing virtually my love for you and most important, the love of, uh, of God for you. So you can at least be open to hear the truth, but I get it. I get some people will not listen to the podcast. I get some people may not like what I'm saying. I also get that. I'm not very well known and making that much impact for my voice to even be that, uh, uh, that will weigh that much in a person's life. I get that. So I'm not going to force truth down somebody's throat or force my opinion down somebody's throat just because I have the freedom to express it. I'm, I'm, I have to make sure it's dressed up in love. And so using that practical example of social media, I, I don't I, I'm not if I've never experienced love with you or love from you and you've never experienced love from me. I'm not going to go on your page and just tell you, you know what I think, even if it's right, even if it's true. It's not my place to do that. So even though I have the freedom to by a stroke of a key. It doesn't mean I have the right to. And so I just need us to all, please, please, please take in consideration the scripture and I'll read it again to come into the unity. It says, speak the truth in love so we may grow up into him, meaning Jesus in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So they're saying Jesus being the head, as we already said, he is sovereign. He is the um, the alpha, the omega here. He's the 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 beginning, the end. He is the, the one we're submitting to. He's the all sufficient one, the the great one. He's the man, so to speak, not us. He's the man. He's the God. He's the way. He's the truth. And we're honoring him in the sovereignty and we're submitting to him. And, and to come into unity, it's going to require truth, but it's going to require love. And we have to balance those two so people can come into unity. And um, I think love, more importantly, especially will really start softening people up to hear whatever the truth may be that you may have to hear. I'm, I'm by the grace of God, I'm, I'm being able to, my voice is being able to carry just a little, excuse me, a little bit more and more as I guess I'm living and people are seeing, uh, you know, hopefully seeing, experiencing my love, maybe hearing or experiencing my character. Now people are a little getting, getting a little bit more open to hear what I have to say, but I know I don't have a platform. I don't really have a, a voice that much. And I also can't um even though what i'm saying may be true and may be good i can't force it down people's throats and make them you know you know receive it that's not love and so i have to even listen to this and hearken to this just as well as i'm i'm, I'm instructing you to do so so that was ephesians 4 and that was ephesians yeah ephesians 4 13 through 15 and it just talks about speaking the truth in love it's very important. Like I said, we need to put this in practice no matter what you profess yourself to be, whether it be a Christian or not. So that's just one scripture. I have many more to turn to and many other examples I can give you. But for the sake of time, since um, I don't want to take too much of it, I want to carry on. So I had something I want to read to you here um, as we progress. So let me get a sip of my little tea here. Hopefully you're still logged in with me. Don't check out yet. Most people are in, in such a search for a feeling, not a faith. Therefore, their feelings are fueled by deceitful lust. But we must overcome lust with love. In order to do so, we must balance the truth with love, as I read in Ephesians um, 4. Since we are after people's faith or for people to come into the unity of faith, we must refuse all things that will not spark it. And this is something I've realized what, that will spark people's faith or their belief, hopefully in Jesus. That's what I'm intended for them to believe in. Um, but this is what's going to spark people to believe in something is when they hear the truth and they experience love. That is the recipe for people's faith, especially reemphasizing the love thing. But this, the, the evidence of that is in Galatians 5, 6, that kind of furthers this very point or further drives home this point that speaking the truth and love really will help people believe you or believe in whatever you're trying to tell them about. So I have to, as this podcast host over this Truth Over Tea webinar series or podcast, um, I have to tell you the truth. I'm, I'm actually going to be charged by the Lord to tell this tell the truth. I can never compromise for truth in the name of love, but I can't be so emphasizing on truth that I do not walk in love and love people who may happen to even disagree. See, people who are walking in truth or living in truth and, and walking in love have no problems with disagreements and and, and scroll. What's that word? Um, disagreements and squirrels and 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 uh, backbiting and commentary and all these different things that people have openly lashed out on me on about different things that I've said that they didn't agree with when I'm walking in truth and walking in love uh, or walking in truth and living love, however you want to say it. 
it kind of diminishes all of those things because it's very hard to argue with somebody who won't argue back with you. It's very hard to argue with somebody if you get blocked too. So I believe in all of that. I believe in the power and the blessing of block. I will block, um, delete. I will unfollow. See, I'm, I'm, I used to be very, 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 very extremely petty. I used to be the petty king, I, I would like to call, call it. But I also have found other ways of walking in love that I can still not be petty, but I can still be... Um, uh, I can still be direct. And so where, you know, I used to be petty and, and be indirect, but now I'm, now I'm just loving and being direct, <laughs> um, in the sense of where, you know, people who have disagreements on the things that I believe and I have to walk in love continuously with these people. Um, and, uh, because I know we don't share the same truth. We don't agree on the same truth, but also it doesn't, um, as I'm walking in love, it, it kind of. Uh, makes it harder for people to argue with somebody who's walking in love with them, who keeps loving and blessing them. Or like I said, I have the power, I, I have the power and I believe in the power of block and delete. So I will um, not be petty like I used to do and, and block and delete you um, as much. But what I will do is I will unfollow you. That's a, that's a less pettier way of being um, uh, kind of direct to it. Or I don't even know how to say that, but it's just a less pettier way. So um, instead of just like deleting you, so you you think I'm being petty, all I do is simply unfollow you. So that's a very, I love that tool on Facebook because you don't even know that I unfollowed you and you still see my stuff. I just don't see your stuff. And I don't want you to know that I unfollowed you to get back at you. I just want to unfollow you because I really do not care what you have to say. So instead of making a big deal out of it and telling you it, I just simply unfollow you. So. I don't know why I said that, but hopefully it was somewhat funny <laughs> and, it, and it plugged in here with what we're talking about. But I said Galatians 5, 6 said something so interesting to me that ties in what we were talking about. And I'll read it to you. And I think I think this may be in the Amplified Classic. Let me see which version is the best. But it says um, this is uh, about. Um, oh, this just this, this is just going to reiterate this. It says Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails or prevails nor uncircumcision, but faith, which works by love, um, faith worketh by love. And so I only went to that scripture not to hear the circumcised stuff and uncircumcised stuff that doesn't fit in here. <laughs> but what um, the point I wanted to pull out of that is that faith works by love. So if you're wanting people to believe you, if you want people to come into unity with what you believe, something that's obviously what us Christians try to do by preaching and teaching Jesus, we can't do it in this condemning very condescending way. We got to do it in, okay, what is the objective? We're trying to get their faith in Jesus. Okay, how do you do that? The recipe is truth and love. And and faith is going to work when love is working. But if people do not experience your love, I don't care how much truth you have, they're not going to listen to it. They're not going to hear the truth until they've seen your love, just like the Lord told me and I tell you. So I charge you with that, man or woman. I charge you with that, Christian. I charge you with that, like Jackie Hill says, saints and eights. I charge you all with that. Nobody's going to hear what you have to say if you're not lit, walking in love regarding them. And what if and, and, and then preparing your heart for if they happen to disagree with you, if you're not walking in love, it's going to be hard to handle those situations when they're cussing you out, calling you this, saying that. What what are you going to do as a Christian, a Christ chin, a Christian, a Christian who is uh, representing God, who is love? How are you going to respond to that when people are not walking in it with you? If just because you're walking in truth, if you're not walking in love, it's going to be very hard to not get into a big old argument and disagreement, possibly even fist blows, you know, right in the middle of the church over people who disagree with truth that you have agreed to or submitted to. And I've, I've actually have heard some horror stories of how people who believe Jesus, who, who, who are Christ professors, have gotten themselves into some very bad, nasty things and arguments. Because I saw this on Facebook and it was really good. One of the very few things on Facebook that is. It was interesting. I saw this meme. It says, we are called. It was Jesus pulling this man. A man and it looked like this man who was yelling at a whole group of people. And he said, we're called to win arguments. Not, um, I mean, we're called to win souls, not arguments. That plugs so much into what we're talking about now when we talk about defending the truth and love. It's so interesting because so many people think that God is going to give them some type of brownie port or some type of medal for winning an argument with a person who doesn't believe in the same truth that they do. Like, where did we get off with that? Excuse me, I got to blow my nose. So where do we get where do we get off at that? Like, like, seriously, ask yourself that. Where do we learn that from? Like, like, where do we get that from? This idea that God's going to give you a kudos for being able to win an argument, but you haven't won not one soul. 
Like I ask myself this and I challenge you to ask yourself that. How many times have you won an argument and it actually won that person over? Like what, what, uh, how, how can I say it? What point was it really for you to win that argument or for you to emphasize that point or for you to uh, say or tell that point? Like what point was the point, if you will? Like what point did it really matter? For you to win that argument, for you to get the last word, for you to block delete, for you to unfriend that person, for you to cut that person. Like, what was the true benefit off of that? Like, that's on the more grievous side of things. But like just arguing back and forth about scripture, or arguing back and forth about, you know, God does not accept gay people. What, what is the point about that? Like, what do you think you're going to accomplish after that? And what glory do you think God's going to get out of that as a Christian? I'm talking to the Christians here. What what do you what is the real objective of you winning the argument? Because if it's just to win the argument, that has nothing to do with Jesus. And God is not glorified in you winning arguments. If none of those people you won an argument over, you actually won to Christ, then you really failed. You really failed. Think about this. When you get to heaven, if you're a believer in Jesus, when you get to heaven, you think God's going to give you an accolade for being able to win an argument? No. So I don't get the whole purpose of contending that or defending that in that way. I am not saying don't defend your faith because there's a, there's even scriptures that says you're to do so, but there's a way to do it. And it's in love. It's just standing up for what you believe in. I've also seen how Christians talking to Christians here. So, you know, this is equal opportunity. I don't just talk to the LGBT community. Uh, about LGBT topics. I also talk to the church about these same things because I'm bridging the gap because there's issues on both ends, issues on the LGBT community and on the churches and on how we've handled these things. And most of the church wants to defend truth, but not walk in love. And so to the church community or the Christian, I've also, I've seen this uprising movement and I'm still learning it. So I'm a little ignorant on it. So I can't talk too much about that because I haven't tested it out myself. I haven't done too many studies on it. So but the little that I know and I am ignorant on this. So it's safe to call me ignorant on this subject. But the little that I know about this movement or this thing called apologetics, this is this thing that apparently that a lot of people have taken. I don't know if this is the original intent of it, but they have taken this apologetic movement that was supposed to teach people how to. Um, defend their faith and articulate what they believe. That was the whole purpose of it. I don't have an issue with that. I have an issue with what people have done with that. Same thing like with Black Lives Matter. I had no issue with Black Lives Matter. I think that's true. That's valid. I think, of course, all lives matter, but specifically targeting the black community whose lives are, haven't been mattering. <laughs> I think that's a good movement. But what people have done with it, especially black people, they've taken something good and made it bad because they didn't go to God about it. They just took it and, and, and said, I'm going to run with this truth. I'm going to run with this feeling because I'm in search of that. I'm just in search of a feeling, not a faith. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to now move people by what I believe and going about it in a wrong way. So they've taken, for instance, like I said, the Black Lives Matter movement or this apologetic movement and say, OK, I'm now going to use this as a weaponry or a weapon to combat people who do not believe what I believe. And that's the same thing I've seen in the Black Lives Matter movement, the same thing I'm seeing in the apologetic movement, where people are taking what they're learning from Scripture to defend their faith and now beat people up with the Scripture or the Bible, like we said before, Bible beating, or take this Bible and beat people up with it. Or the Bible says this, and really, if you go here and the Greek says this, and if you go to the Hebrew, and if you go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you go, wait, whoa, 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 I can hardly speak English. Can you tell me go to the Hebrew? Like, what are you talking about? You're, 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 you're trying to, it's prideful. You're trying to exert yourself, not Christ. And you want people to see you, not Jesus. And that's not the whole, that's not the purpose of being a Christian is so people see you. They're supposed to see Jesus in you. They're supposed to see God in you. God with us now. No, he's now God in us. And they're supposed to see God in you when you encounter them or when they encounter you. But and, and because we have used these different movements to really exert ourselves and become prideful, and it's like we want it's like we want the notoriety. We want the glory. We say God to God be the glory. We say, oh, glory to God. But then we're up here photobombing him like my old pastor used to say. We're up here photobombing his glory, trying to take some of it for ourselves because really we're broken. Really, we're in we're we lack. Uh, we have all these insecurities. We have all these issues and we lack notoriety. So we're trying to take some of it from God. And that's what it is. And that's what I've seen people use the, uh, the apologetic apologetic movement. 
Um, and again, that in movement, what I have come to understand is just to teach people how to defend their faith and articulate it. I have no problem with that. I had a problem when somebody took what they learned from there and said, you know what? You're in the wrong because I learned that their apologetics. You, this is what this means. And that scripture means that. And that's not doctrinal. And really, that's not even scripture. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. One, look how you're saying this scripture to me. You're talking about Jesus and talking about God, who is love. And you're and you're cussing me. I, I've seen it come to cussing out. I'm like, you're cussing me out. You're cussing me out and, and uh, talking about scripture and using these apologetic movements and these apologetic statements to try to emphasize or re-emphasize or excuse your behavior. No, you have just stepped out of love in the name of truth. No, that is wrong. And you are now in error. And most people, and I've never heard anybody say that, but that's what I'm coming, uh, or that's what I can say it like this. That's what I'm discovering. And people are not doing it in love. And so they're expecting people to hear what they're saying or believe what they're telling them, but they're not walking in love. And this scripture just says faith is only going to work by love. And we're supposed to speak the truth in love with both those scriptures as I'm consolidating both those scriptures. So are we doing that church? Are we doing that Christian? My Christian brothers and sisters to the LGBT community, are we really walking in love or are we just more work walking in a higher truth or we're more um, high and mighty on our truth, but not high and mighty on God's love? You're never going to win no souls over that. You may win arguments. I, granted, there's more and greater and better people who can preach, teach, break this scripture, break the Bible up better than me. But I, I challenge if they can walk in love better than me. And I'm not hearing it as a competition thing, but I'm just saying I'm interested in walking in love better, not walking in truth better. Now, I'm not saying I'm not interested in walking in truth, but just what I'm saying is the love is what's going to impact people. And that's what's going to open them to hear the truth. And I've heard and I've been able and being enabled to reach people that other people can't even reach. Their own pastors can't even reach because they don't feel and sense the love from their pastors. But somehow they're sensing it from me. And we've never met. And I'm like, how is that? So how do you feel my love, which is really God's love, hopefully? How do you feel this through a computer screen or through a, your car stereo or through your your uh, um, your social media platforms? How do you how are you able to feel the love of God through that avenue? But you can't feel it from your own pastor who you, you come in contact with. And no, I'm not in competition with your pastor. That's not what I am mean by making that point. I'm just saying as a Christian, you can't call yourself a Christian who is so doctrinally sound, who can break up the scriptures and go to the Greek and go to the Hebrew and speak in Elizabethan and sound so good and articulate when you and use all these big words that we really don't even know anyway. And you just use this and make yourself look so prestigious in truth, but you're walking in no power of love. The power is in love, not just in truth. The power is in love and truth when they're balanced properly. So we as Christians have to balance that. And so I want you to feel the love of God even through this screen or through the the, the your your stereo as I'm talking truth, but hopefully you're hearing the passion of love. And it's my heart, and I really believe it's God's heart to really get over you the love that He really does have for the LGBT community. Because God doesn't just love uh 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 it's like it's funny. We say God loves the sinner until we say the sinner's gay. Or we'll say, Oh God'll leave the ninety-nine for the one. God's married to the backslider. See, Christians say this, but as soon as they find out the backslider is a gay person, oh hold up now. See, we had no problem when we said God loves the world, and so, but we never considered gay people a part of the world. Same thing they did in the beginning. And I'm just referencing this because this is coming to my mind. When the, they made the Constitution, we the people love all people and all people are, are, are created equal and justice for all people. Do you not know when they wrote that black people were in slavery? I'm like, but it never even dawned on them that black people were people. The same thing's wrong with the church. The church has not, it hasn't even, not the whole church, but a lot of parts of the church. A lot of people don't have even dawned on that God loves gay people. Like it hasn't even clicked to them. Wait, hold up. God loves sinners. And if, and if, if homosexuality is sinning, obviously God would love them too, just as he loved me who in my sin. And he didn't wait for me to get saved to love me. So if God loves them or loves me, God can love them. And if God loves them, God can love me. And we got to stop seeing them as a them. We got to start seeing them as us. Because God loves us. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. And everybody in the world is, is a uh, candidate for God's love. Everybody in the, in, in the world. Not the people you come in contact with in the world, but everybody in the world. So we got to stop excluding people 
that don't look like us, act like us as a part of God's accepted, beloved people. And that's found in Ephesians 1, 6, which is on the back of a lot of our gay apparel shirts, that God accepts you. I don't know. Why. You know who fought me on that? The gay community didn't fight me on that. The church people. I had my own brothers and sisters who were supposed to be my, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And some of them, my friends, call me up. Hey, we're a little concerned about this whole little message you're doing. I'm like, why are you concerned when you're a part of this same thing? You're benefiting off of the same thing. And if you're concerned about it for them, you should be concerned about it for you. If you really doubt that God accepts all people, then you, I would I would get scared as a person hearing that because how do you know who he accepts then? And so now I would I would be scared that I fell into or may fall into the category of people God didn't accept. If you're saying God only accepts certain people. So if God loves all people, then why can't you say God accepts all people? Because he does. And Ephesians 1 6 can prove that to you. And I'm not going to go there because that's off topic. But this is the balance I'm trying to get people to have. So I'm talking about this and I'm saying this to get people to get on one accord or in unity, like the scripture just said, like Paul was saying, I want people to come into unity in the faith, but we're never going to come into unity of the faith if we keep disagreeing on love. Like I get we're going to disagree on truth, but why are we disagreeing on love when everybody says they want it, like it, need it, got to have it? Then, then why don't we just why don't we just take the common commodity with all people? All people watch this desire to be loved, and they want to accept love, and they want to extend love. Every human being craves for acceptance. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're straight. I don't care if you're big. If you're small. If you're transgendered, I don't care what you are. Every human being desires to be loved, and and if you're a person who says oh, no, I don't, that only that means that you have been broken so much from people who said they loved you but don't you dare tell me you never once wanted to be loved even the thug wants to be loved and needs love we as the church must find a way to do though through truth and through love and the love that god is it's, let's go to that scripture this we keep trying to give people our love god says give them my love he says love others as i have loved you the scripture says the scripture says that chris says and i'm gonna I'm look it up just so you don't think i made it up how about that Oh, I like that. I'm going to have to take that. Copyright that one. It, I, what did I say? Um, um, it's found in John 13, 34. A new commandment. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. So this is in the red. A new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. Emphasizing those three words. As I have loved or for. I have loved. Not as you love. As I have loved you. You must love one another. So this is a new commandment. Why? Because it's a better, greater commandment because it's coming from the person who is greater and better, Jesus, and his sovereignty. He's saying love people like I love them. Not how you love them because your love fails. Mine doesn't. So love them like I love them. So that, that means, when you, who do you think he was talking about when he said them? That means everyone that doesn't look like you. I know it's hard. Especially if they haven't accepted your truth or the truth of the gospel, but it shouldn't be impossible. And just because something's hard doesn't mean it's impossible. Balance it, church. We got to balance this truth and love. And I'm more so talking to the church community because I've seen us as the people who struggle with this the most. Because we hear a lot on truth, but we hear little on love. And not just hearing about love, but we don't have most people activating and operating in love. So now when they come across people who have disagreed with truth, we don't even know how to respond. We don't even respond when somebody says, you can take you and your Jesus and you, y'all, both y'all can go to hell. We, we don't even know how to say it. We, what we do, we want to make it an earring removal moment, taking out our earring and start wanting to cuss them back out. <laughs> you got to tell me again how that is love. If that's love, I don't want to have no parts of it because Jesus ain't got no parts of it. And neither do the people who you're trying to uh, uh, express that to. You got to remember John three sixteen. God so loved the world. So, so should the church. And that means everybody in it. And they're not going to feel this love if they don't experience the acceptance from the church, from the, 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 the Christian, from God. And we as the church need to be that example of that expression and that acceptance. Amen. <laughs> and like Kenneth Hagin used to say, if you can't say amen, say oh me. <laughs> so. I digress. So that was um, Galatians 5. Again, that's Galatians 5 verses 6. Faith works by love. So last point I want to make before I let you go here is this one. 
this scripture came up in my heart, my spirit, whichever you prefer, when we were discussing about faith. Second Corinthians is in its five seven has been one of my go to scriptures when we talk about um, the topics of truth and love and balancing that. This is the best scripture that kind of drives it home for me thus far. This is the best scripture thus far. This thus far. And the second Corinthians, I'm, I'm almost done. I'll let you go in just a little bit. Second Corinthians 10, five. I love the scripture and the amplify because it really, really, really um, drives it home. It says, second Corinthians 10, five, it says in the amplify class, it says in as much as we refute arguments. Mm, isn't that what we were just talking about? We refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought captive and, and purpose away captive in obedience to Christ. This is first before I continue. He's saying this is how we're going to demolish arguments. We're going to we are going to as the person who's doing this, we are going to the Christians are going to bring every thought captive that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We're going to bring every theory captive to Jesus because if he, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, anything that goes against Jesus for those who believe in Jesus, we are, we are supposed to refuse it. So this is how we defend the truth. We refuse anything that's not the truth. We refuse it, but that doesn't mean we hate the person who gave it. It doesn't mean we bash them. It doesn't mean we tear them down. What we do, we are tear down the argument by just simply submitting ourselves, not making them submit themselves, but submitting ourselves and what we believe to what we believe. And so we're going to be different. There's going to be a distinction, and there should be, if we believe one thing and they believe another. But there's, even though there may be a distinction on truth, with one people living one way of truth and another people living another, there, sh there should be no distinction on how we should be walk. Well, actually, you could say there is a distinction with how we walk in love because it should be better if we're doing it right. But this is how we're going to defend arguments. We are going to submit ourselves to, 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 to what we believe. We are going to stand up for what we believe by walking in the love of God regarding those things, whatever those things may be. We're walking in love. And we are taking it upon ourselves and our own responsibility that when we do not believe something or goes against something that we do believe, we're going to we're going to cast it down. We're going to cast down that thought. We're going to reject that theory. We're going to abandon that doctrine that somebody may be trying to steal that's trying to take us from the away uh, from the doctrine that Jesus has already instilled through Paul. So we are going to do this for ourselves. We're not making other people do this for them, for, for themselves. We're doing this for ourselves. And I love this because he says this is what's going to refute or abolish arguments and theories and um, and keep us from falling away from the true knowledge of God. We we will lead every thought and purpose away captive in obedience to Christ. Second um, Corinthians. There's another second Corinthians scripture I want to go to. Excuse me, I'm going to expound on that one later. But um, I think it's 2 Corinthians 5, 7. I think I said 10. I don't know where I went to. I think the Lord may, may have called it audible there. It was 2 Corinthians 10, 5 was the scripture I just read. But the scripture I'm wanting you guys to go to really quickly is 2 Corinthians 5, 7. I think that's the scripture. I think it is. Second Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk, yes, we walk by faith, not by sight. That's the King James version. But the Amplified Classic version says we walk by faith. This is why I love the Amplified because it says something very powerful that I want you to take home with you or wherever you're at um, as we leave. Because we're going to expound on those these last two scriptures, these last two truths in the Bible next episode. It says for we walk, this is your homework, look up Second Corinthians 5, 7 and 10, 5. For we walk by faith, we regulate our lives and conduct ourselves based off our conviction or our belief respecting man's relationship to God, to God and divine things. Hence, uh, uh, or excuse me, with trust and holy fervor, thus we walk by uh, faith, not by sight or appearance. That's a very common scripture uh, uh, for the, the church community. But what's interesting is not reading it in this translation, you miss really what he's trying to get over. Again, this is Paul. 
um, and he's getting this over to the, these groups of people at this church of Corinth. And he's telling them, hey, we walk by faith, not by sight. Yeah, we know that, Paul. But in this translation for us, it's saying this is what walking by faith looks like. You have convictions or beliefs respecting your relationship with God. Some people, this is this is big, have a different relationship than, uh, with God than you. And as the church, we have to respect that. I'm not saying, I'm not necessarily saying their relationship with God may be even right. They just have a different one or they may not even have one. We have to watch mm -hmm. this, respect that if we're walking in love. We have to respect that, hey, I'm walking in a different uh, a level or degree with m in my relationship with God than you may be. I don't know who's better, or who's worse. We'll find that out in the end or as the test comes to try that truth that we believe like i told you truth will uh what's what is true will be tested anyway to see if it is so if people are saying they have a true relationship with god it's going to be tested to, to, to see so we don't have to worry about trying to defend the truth the truth pretty much will defend itself that's why i i think eventually i'm going to come out and say in this upcoming episode i don't think there's really a need for you to have to defend your faith if you have it I think that's what God's, I think that's what God's trying to teach me. There's no need to defend your faith. I'm not trying to uh, uh, go against the movement of the apologetics or any other movement that may come out or has surfaced. I'm, I'm just saying, I don't really think there's a necessary need to defend your faith and learn how to defend your faith if you actually have it. See, if you actually have faith, your faith in God is going to keep you secure. And then you're going to abolish and and, and, and hold everything captive that tries to come against that because that's that you have your own personal relationship with God, but you're not going to get any other people to do that. So you should be focusing on your relationship with God, respecting other people's relationship with God or failed relationships with God. But for you to not have faith, you what I've seen is people who don't have faith or who don't have love or who don't know the truth, they try to always t tell other people it. So it's almost like they're trying to they're, they're, it's almost like compensating. I don't have faith, but I'm going to tell you to have it. It's, that's how we become hypocritical. I don't have this, but I'm going to make sure you have it. Or I'm not doing this, but I'm going to make sure you do it. That We need to be focusing on our own relationship with God, not trying to worry about other people's. And I think this scripture really drives it home when he says we walk by faith, respecting our conviction and our belief and relationship with God, not other people's. So when we talk about defending the faith in love or defending the truth in love. This is how we're going to do it first by having faith <laughs> and then we respect other people in their faith. And so if you happen to have a different faith than I do, and even though I desire you to have the same faith and come into unity with the faith that I have, it's OK. It's not the end of the world, because I know that life is going to throw you enough test that you're going to eventually find out what is true and what is not. I am not trying to make you become a Christian. I'm trying to show you you can become one, even if you happen to profess yourself as being gay, because God will give you a new identity that doesn't have to line up with that and it'll line up with him. But until then, until you come into that, I'm going to respect you until you do. And I'm going to continue to respect you even if you don't. I'm going to respect you. Why? Because I love you. And love doesn't force itself on you. And so neither will the love of God. Which is really true love, if you want to be honest. What in the world? Oh, there's always something going on. Please forgive me for that. <laughs> I guess the alarm was sounding to tell me to shut up. <laughs> always something happens if you guys caught the last video on the gay apparel page i posted um i was recording pre-recording an episode for you all and these people on the next street over literally one street over were shooting had some crazy little shoot i don't know if it was a shootout but somebody got shot up but it was interesting and i caught it all on camera not the actual shooting but you could hear them shooting in the background so now i'm recording today and this alarm goes off <laughs> Um, that triggers somebody has invaded a premises that they were not supposed to be on. So that's just interesting. So nonetheless, um, ain't nothing finna hold us back or keep us down. But um, hopefully we're understanding the power of balance with truth and love and understanding the power um, of actually walking in love with this truth that we're learning to balance it with. So um, we want true love and true love is God. And we need to balance truth with love in order to experience the impact that really we're wanting people to come into experience. And that is um, with their faith, faith in Jesus and them experiencing the love of God and benefiting off the empowerment that comes through truth. So there's different domino effects that will happen once we begin to 
um, reconcile these two things and find the balance regarding truth and love and all of those things. So I didn't want to keep you too long. I've already have you at an hour. So hopefully you all were blessed by this and empowered by it again. You know, reach out, comment, like, share. Um, this is a universal thing that I think uh, a message that can apply to everybody in the church. So even though um, it's this is a Truth Over Tea webinar series to the LGBT community, like I said, truth is universal. So um, I believe this is one of those universal messages that you can um, comment to your or excuse me, share to your brothers and sisters in Christ and just see what they have to say. See their outlook on the apologetic movement. And I'm interested in hearing that and seeing what people may have to say regarding um uh, the topics I uh, already discussed at hand. So without further ado, I'll leave you to it. You have some homework to do. Remember 2 Corinthians 10, 5 and 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Those are our meditation scriptures. All right. Out and over. Love you. God loves you more. And remember, as always, God accepts you. Grace changes you. No matter what you've heard before. Mm -hmm.